0: Welcome to another episode of Necronominum. We are your hosts, Jenna and Matt, and today we're going to be talking about the 2016 film 10 Cloverfield Lane. We'll also talk about the alternate reality game, and we explore the world of survivalists who dedicate their lives to building fallout shelters and secret bunkers to prepare for the end times.
1: Mm. Uh, this movie is a really great mystery, so please, if you don't know anything about it, um, watch the movie before listening. Because uh, we don't want to accidentally spoil something. We're going to try to avoid it, but something might slip out.
0: <laughs> the only thing I knew about it was the name. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I had seen the trailer, but I didn't remember it by the time I watched the movie, which was only like a month or two later. So right. I, I didn't know too much about it, and I preferred it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I knew, I remember the trailer. I knew that it was, uh, was it about people in a bunker. That's not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. That's very obvious from the trailer. But other than that, it does a pretty good job of concealing what it's all about. So it
0: was written by Josh Campbell. And Matthew Stukin. Josh Campbell, you may know from writing Blade 2 and Van Helsing. Which are, well, Blade 2 is an awesome film. Van Helsing <laughs> is all right. Van
1: Helsing was a film.
0: Yeah, that was a film. <laughs> it was directed by Dan Trachtenberg, which is awesome. This is his directorial debut. I know him from TRS, the Totally Rad show that he used to do with- um, Jeff Kanata. With Jeff Canada and Alex Albrecht. It was a the best of the week movies, video games show.
1: Yeah, right. Cool. I've actually, I've actually never seen it I've met Jeff Conado but I've never seen that show
0: yeah they're they're awesome I mean it makes me really happy that he's now doing films because I know he's wanted to do that for a while
1: yeah it's awesome yeah he did a really cool uh, portal short film
0: but, uh, that was the first thing he did as a director I believe and then he's moved yeah. on now he was contacted by bad robot to do this that's awesome yeah I know
1: well, there you go go direct something cool and maybe <laughs> JJ Abrams will call you uh, music for the film was composed by bear McCreary who we've mentioned before on this podcast he did the
0: boy that we talked about last week
1: that's right. Yeah, we're fans of Bear. Mm. He made use of of some unique instrumentation on this score. There's an instrument. Oh, it's a, it's a, a sort of a strange instrument um, from the '80s called the Blaster Beam instrument. Was it created for Star Trek?
0: I don't. I don't think it was created for Star Trek. I think it was brought to fame by Star Trek. Right. It was used for Wrath of Khan.
1: It's basically like a, a big metal tube thing with strings across it, and it's got electric guitar pickups in it that you can move. Um, to adjust the sound, and you hit the strings, and and you can play it with a slide. You can
0: use a bow, or you can pluck it.
1: Yeah, and it it just creates these really cool, otherworldly sounds. It's, a, it's it's pretty cool. It's a very
0: deep uh, noise.
1: Yeah, more rec- most recently, I think it was used in Star Wars Episode Two to create the sound of Jango Fett's depth charge things that he uses in the asteroid field. All right. You, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty memorable sound from that film. So, yeah, they used this thing to to create that. Right. Yeah, it's cool. And so, yeah, he used that in the score. And obviously, a lot of cellos and, and uh, traditional instruments as well.
0: Yeah, I know. It's a very claustrophobic film, but he said he wanted to make it still feel big.
1: Yeah, no, it's a good score. Mm. It's um, it's very pretty.
0: So, the cast is pretty small for this film. Yeah. But pretty big, if you know what I mean. <laughs> there are three main characters in this, played by mm-hmm. John Goodman, who plays Howard, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who you may know from Scott Pilgrim. She plays mm-hmm. Michelle. And John Gallagher Jr. plays mm-hmm. Emmett. I
1: haven't seen him in anything before.
0: No, neither have I. Dan Trachtenberg said that it was really intimidating working with John Goodman.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Mm. <laughs> I really like John Goodman. Yeah. Uh, he was oh, great man, in who's this. He was great in this. He plays crazy well. Uh, like, as in characters where you, you, you question...
0: You question their sanity, yeah, whether they are sane he, or not.
1: He hovers on the on the edge mm. pretty well, mm-hmm. I find. He's just um, a,
0: kind of a big, commanding guy.
1: But he can also be sweet and, like, lovable.
0: Well, that's pretty much what Dan said about John Goodman as a person.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I like to think mm. John Goodman's like as a person.
0: Well, I guess you're correct in that assumption. So do you want to tell us what this movie's about?
1: Yeah, after a car accident, a young woman wakes up in a concrete cell in an underground shelter where she's being held against her will by two men who insist that the outside world has been left uninhabitable following a chemical attack. And that's that's really all you know at the start. Mm-hmm. You find out more as it goes along. Yeah, that's right. We mentioned already, I think it does a very good job of revealing the story as it goes kind of you you, you're as lost as she is
0: the director said that he wanted the audience to kind of put it together the same time that the main character does Mm. um he's inspired a lot by video games where you're part of the narrative yeah right so he thinks it it makes you feel like you're participating in it rather than Mm -hmm. being an onlooker
1: yeah often you know you know more than the characters do
0: um Mm -hmm.
1: in a film Whereas, yeah, I don't think no, that you, was the case. you find out
0: the same time she does.
1: Yeah, there's very little that you see that she's not part of. I can't, I'm trying to think if there is any, actually. It, it, it's always from her point of view. That's right. You know, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the film doesn't have as good of reviews as I would have thought, generally speaking.
0: No, because I loved it.
1: Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, it's got a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 76% on Metacritic. It's got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, though. Look, that's not too bad. No, I mean, 90% Rotten Tomatoes is good.
0: I think a lot of people may have been put off by it being called 10 Cloverfield Lane as if it is a sequel to Cloverfield. Definitely. Um, It wasn't. It is more in the the vein of a spiritual successor. Like he said, he Mm -hmm. wanted it to be kind of like the Twilight Zone um, where they can exist in the same universe, but they're not necessarily the same story. Or yeah, following the same timeline or storyline.
1: They're similar in tone and theme, mm-hmm. so they they get grouped together.
0: Mm-hmm. This was actually a script called The Seller until Bad Robot bought it and thought that it would work well as um like a Cloververse type film.
1: Yeah. I think one, um, I've said before that I thought, uh, this is probably beforehand that it maybe ruins the plot a bit to know that it's in the Cloverfield universe, but I don't know that it does because it kind of just makes you wonder what, the, how the hell does this link up with right, Cloverfield? Right, and, so, and it it kind of added to the mystery more, but in a weird in a weird way because mm-hmm. it's like meta knowledge, in know. You know, but um, yeah, it was an odd choice, um, but I I, I kind of get where they're coming from.
0: And this is not shaky cam like Cloverfield was, which no. is pretty refreshing. Yeah. I, I yeah. loved Cloverfield. Yeah, same. And I I'm kind of happy with the camera work on that.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was Cloverfield was the pinnacle for me of those movies, the Shaky Cam found footage, and we don't need any more of them.
0: It's probably one of the only ones I can tolerate watching. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> it's so enthralling that you forget like you're not concerned with the camera moving all over the place.
1: Yeah, and I think it's Shaky Cam, but it's it's still controlled mm-hmm. like it, you, oh, there are some parts
0: where it goes crazy but
1: yeah you know. but the, but it's with it's part of the narrative it's not just shaky all the time and then you feel sick it's right. like right. It, you know that it's very careful with what it shows you and what it doesn't show you there's more thought put into it than just mm-hmm. okay let's just act this out and then shake the camera around kind of thing which is
0: what i felt blair witch was just <laughs> yeah. throw the camera wherever and what it picks up yeah. that's what we'll use
1: yeah, it 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 does a good job of selling itself as they were just filming this casually, but in actual fact, it's not at all because it's yeah, it's very um, well put together. I mm. think yeah.
0: Well, this is not like that.
1: No, this is traditionally shot <laughs> like a film. Film. A lot of questions are raised um, in the film. Uh, we're not going to answer them all now. <laughs> oh, we don't have <laughs> because... to answer
0: any really because I feel like that might be a spoiler.
1: <laughs> exactly. So. I mean, is it safer in the bunker with Howard if he is crazy? Or, you know, is it safer to head outside and figure out what's going on?
0: Yeah, because Michelle, as we said, she wakes up chained to a bed in this bunker (laughs) and is just told by Howard, John Goodman, that she can't go outside. Like, something terrible has happened and she has to stay down here. But, I mean, would you believe him in that situation?
1: Right. Yeah, because he does seem somewhat unstable, even if he is, you know, legit.
0: He does, but then he also seems like he does know what he's talking about.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, he's definitely done his research.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what's the greater evil staying yeah. down there with somebody that you're not sure about? Like, to, you know, to her, she was kidnapped. That's what it, it must feel like.
1: Yes. Yeah, she's woken up. She's in here. This guy's saying the the world's, you know, you can't go outside. There's yeah. a problem and you have no evidence right. apart from his exactly. work. And, yeah. Yeah. He seems knowledgeable and he's got this incredible bunker that's, you know, well stocked and he seems to know what he's doing. Right, so. and
0: and he's down there too. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> yeah, what's his what's his end goal if he's lying? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. And, and yeah, what what's really going on outside is is also a big question. Um throughout, like if he's telling the truth, what what the hell's going on?
0: Uh but I think it does a great job of giving you small bits of information throughout. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning you don't know you don't know anything. You don't know who to trust. Yep. Like if there is a possibility of escape, do you take it? Yep. Yeah, I don't know what I would do in that situation.
1: Because the, yeah, there are mysteries outside, but there are also mysteries inside. Mm. And and yeah, it all gets revealed in a very very um dramatic. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's good. It's it. I think it's paced well.
0: Mm. I think they did a great job with marketing for this film too. Mm-hmm. Um they only announced it via trailer uh in february yeah and it came out what uh like just a month or two later in april i think
1: yeah yeah it doesn't feel like it was that long ago that they announced it but yeah it no was, it,
0: it was... wasn't i mean they kept it totally under wraps and somebody asked dan trachtenberg well how did you guys keep it a secret and he said we just didn't talk about it
1: <laughs> touche like,
0: bad robot is really good with their marketing
1: yeah oh yeah definitely mm. well they've been doing this since last and 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 into Cloverfield and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, setting up all this stuff.
0: And I don't know if you've had a look at their Twitter, but all of the posters for the film are all motion posters. Ah. So one little part of it is moving. It's pretty cool. Yeah, right, cool. Yeah, you should have a look.
1: Well, they've done this for Cloverfield. Oh, they've done this for a lot of films. um, And they do a a particularly good job with Cloverfield, uh, and that's the alternate reality game. It's kind of, I mean, it is marketing, but it's also mm-hmm. really cool marketing. So I'm okay with it.
0: It is. You kind of find out more about the film through the game.
1: Yes, and it kind of gives you. It, it's you go into the film as a kind of an insider when you've done this stuff. I think mm-hmm. sometimes because mm. you'll you pick up on things that others won't.
0: Well, it makes you more a part of the story.
1: Yeah, like totally. you become
0: a character in it. ARG, alternate reality games, are network narrative games. Um, so information is spread across many real life puzzles and uh, and challenges, mm-hmm. and that's how you are able to piece together information. Yeah, so, so you place in real time.
1: Yes, so you literally do things, mm-hmm. in, you know, like on the internet or physically in the real world to find out things and and share that information with others, and then it, it proceeds on like that.
0: Yeah, so it evolves by everybody working together.
1: It's kind of like the game that Michael Douglas film, only it's marketing for a film.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Only it's not a film and you are a part of it and it is actually <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> still sort of going on. So if you uh yeah. if you want to jump in now is the time. Um, yeah. It is like a rabbit hole of stuff. It's great.
1: So this followed on directly from the ARG from Cloverfield, correct?
0: Yes, that's right. So the way the way that this started, right? Um because people thought, "Hey, it has Cloverfield in the title. I wonder if there will be an ARG for this." Mm-hmm. So in the original film, just to give you a little bit of background information, there's a company named Tagruato. Um, I don't even think they're really referenced in the film other than one of their mm-hmm. uh, like subsidiary companies, Slusho. Well, the
1: main character is going to work for them, but I don't know if they mention him, the company by name. That's right. Yeah.
0: Um, Tagruato is a group of top scientists and engineers, and they perform deep-sea drilling for research purposes. For the company, Slusho, they extract the seabed nectar, which I think is a big secretive thing because they tell people they're drilling for oil, and that's actually how supposedly how the Cloverfield monster was awakened.
1: Yeah. So Slusho is a is like a you know like slurpy... cold frozen drink. <laughs> yeah, and it's in most of J.J. Abrams' projects. Mm-hmm. It shows up somewhere, mm-hmm. and the seabed nectar is is the addictive ingredient in it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's in it's in everything. It's, it's in Heroes, which he wasn't even involved in because. It just because Greg Grunberg's in it.
0: Yeah, it was an alias. It was,
1: yeah, Lost. Um, Star Trek. Um, yeah, Star Trek. It's, oh, it's um, everywhere. Super
0: 8. It's in yeah, right. everything he's done. Yeah. Even as just a background thing.
1: Yes, they don't draw attention to it, but if you know what it is, you go, ah, oh, there it is, Slusher.
0: Which I think is great. <laughs> it just links all of his things together in the same yeah, universe. I,
1: I think it's awesome. I love it when people do stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm.
0: Another subsidiary of this company is Bold Futura, mm-hmm. they deal with satellites.
1: Yeah, they do a lot of satellite research and analysis.
0: When 10 Cloverfield Lane came out, somebody thought maybe there will be an ARG for this and went to that page because it was pretty integral in the last ARG game for... Um, ARG game? <laughs> in the last game game um, for Cloverfield. Yeah. And saw that on the Employee of the Month page. Oh, no, wait. Sorry, sorry. Let me go back. How did this...
1: They emailed first, started, right? They
0: emailed first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they emailed just to see, is this happening? And they mm-hmm. got a response back that said, like, we're not taking any emails. But it was signed <laughs> from the Employee of the Month 2016. Mm-hmm. So the person who emailed thought, well, if that is has been updated, let me find the <laughs> Employee of the Month page. Found yeah. the page. And saw Howard Stambler as the Bold Futura Employee of the Month.
1: So John Goodman's up there on the website now, so the game is afoot. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And then on his t-shirt, it's um, partially covered, but it says Radio Man 70, Mm -hmm. I think. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It says Radio Man 70. So somebody went to that URL, radioman70.com, which redirected to the website funandprettythings.com, which just has a few panels of pictures girly yep. pictures is one of some beads there's one of um molly ringwald the eiffel tower some shoes glitter things like that yep. on the beads it's the alphabet the ones that are missing spell out his daughter's name megan who he is constantly referencing in the film that yep. he's been trying to get her to come with him to his little survivalist bunker people yep. noticed that that this was just kind of a way of him trying to talk to megan and then also noticed that the picture of Molly Ringwald. You could click on it, and it asked for a password. So people found that scene in whatever movie that's from. I think it was Pretty in Pink. Yeah. And saw what she typed into the computer at that scene, typed it in, and then it brings you to Howard's page to Megan. (laughs) And it's great. It's so in-depth. If you have a look at the source code, actually, for that page, it Mm. says, I know who you are. Megan would never come here.
1: (laughs) It's uh, clever.
0: It's great. Yeah. So he, he just links a bunch of um, emails to, to her that are like, you know, get here now. I need you to come here. Here's, I've sent you a phone and I've sent you all these things. And yeah. this actually happened as well. He says, I've sent you a phone. Did you get it? And people like this game is like very, very in depth. So other things have been happening. He mentions, I can't believe your mother is selling that that silverware set I gave you for $500. People Mm. looked on Craigslist and found the listing for it for $500, (laughs) emailed the woman who was selling it, who has been sending all these emails back as his wife. Denise. Yes. Because somebody emailed her and told her about the page, the Fun and Pretty Things page. (laughs) She has now gotten the password to that and is emailing Howard back. And you can read their exchange of, of emails. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's so cool yeah it's
0: amazing because it happens like i said in real time so mm. as a player which is anybody finds something out and they engage with the characters like yeah. that's how you get more information and there have been dead drops um like he mentions that he gave her the phone somebody found the phone by going to like getting clues out of his survival page
1: yeah right I found the location
0: and he, John Goodman, is actually recording messages to send, like, yeah. Yeah, voicemails like on his messages. phone. So cool. Yeah, it's, it's great. You, you just feel more a part of the film.
1: Yeah, well, it's like you, you participated in the film in a way.
0: Yeah, and it's great because and- it doesn't end. Because you, have, the, you mm. have an hour and a half of watching the film. And then you have, like, a month of being a part of the world. Yeah. And he's updating the preparedness page with things that are happening in real time. Like, look, there was this earthquake here. I told yeah, you it's yeah. all happening.
1: <laughs> I assume this is run like the way that they they made Lost, which is as people discover stuff, they'll pivot and kind of <laughs> yeah. go with it. Yeah, probably. Because you could never plan all this out like and be like, all right, so hopefully within a couple of days, they'll figure out that he's on that page and then <laughs> and then they'll read his shirt and and go to Radio Man 70. They must be looking at like Reddit or right. all these places and going, what are people focusing on?
0: I I okay. mean, I would assume so because if they weren't, that would mean that there are a million threads that haven't been picked up on yet.
1: Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's how Lost played out. Um, like the whole TV series, that's what they did. They they paid attention to what people were focusing on mm-hmm. online, and then they made the show about that stuff, and then just left those all those other threads hanging at the end.
0: Yeah, well, I think that the game works a bit better than Lost did, in my <laughs> I opinion. Agree.
1: I think but I but I think it builds on the stuff that because I mean Bad Robot did that. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it builds on all that like they've got this cool I guess uh history of doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And this is the um this is the ultimate it's, it's ultimate form. I
0: got really sucked into it.
1: I think it works better like this than it does in a TV show as well.
0: I do too. There's not as much at stake, I think, for this. Yeah. Like it's it's a fun game. But it's not just leaving you with unlinked threads like the way yes. Lost it did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you feel like you're involved. So, like, if you follow a thread and you come to the end, you feel a bit more satisfied mm. than, you, than you did with Lost when they they just drove it into a tree. <laughs> if you want, you can check out Howard's survival simulator that he built for Megan. It's like a, an online game, which is it's fairly elaborate, I it guess. It is it's
0: tough. It's <laughs> very difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's an impressive amount of work that went into this. I suppose it's all all worth it for um, the marketing for the film, but it's just some of the stuff I'm just like, wow, man, that's a, that's elaborate. Yeah. Like literally burying um, survival stuff in, in a field. Yep. And someone for someone to find as part of this ARG, literally buried stuff in a field.
0: And I, I think it works well. Like it links in very well with the film um, because in these dead drops that people are finding – uh, there's a puzzle in the film mm. and people oh, yeah. are finding pieces <laughs> to it. I think that's great.
1: <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
0: But you can also get some survival information from him. Yes. He links to Megan, a bunch of ways to prepare a bug out bag, a uh, hot wire oh. car, all all types of things.
1: <laughs> that picture he's put up on there is not that descriptive, um, but there is an article as well. Yeah. <laughs> if you're interested. You
0: link the two red cables and then touch it with the black. I think that's all it says. <laughs> Quite obvious. It makes me want to do it now. <laughs>
1: Don't break our car. (laughs) So Howard's a bit of a survivalist. Mm -hmm. So what's a survivalist? Uh, It might be the question that you're asking at home. You
0: can probably see them in some shows like Doomsday Preppers or... Oh, man. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, survivalist is someone who spends a lot of time, money, and effort making sure that they and, and probably their families and friends are ready for when something goes wrong and they have to try and survive... Some catastrophic event
0: some reasons that people become survivalists or reasons that people prep could be something like a natural disaster like an earthquake or a tsunami or a tornado mm-hmm. could be nuclear fallout
1: yeah or radiation that was popular in the fifties
0: <laughs> that's right pole shift is a big one <laughs> yep. like people think the earth will start rotating differently and I mean, I, the waters will rise.
1: I don't know what you're gonna do if that happens, but yeah, there are a few know. of
0: these that I'm not sure about. <laughs> Just give up. Well, I mean, how many people would survive something like that? Exactly. And then what would you do when time comes you have to leave your bunker and there's just nothing left?
1: And the world's rotating the other way and you float off into space. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Something yeah. like a pandemic or a yeah. collapse of civilization or yeah. an EMP.
1: Yeah, it knocks out all the world's electronics. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do?
0: Another thing people prepare for is the rapture. Yeah. And the Church of Latter-day Saints actually suggests that you have three months worth of food and water and general supplies, Yeah, which is not bad advice. No, honestly, it's good advice, really. <laughs> I think the reasoning for it um, is because of rapture and because of the tribulation, when God will come down and take some people with him, yes. but those left on earth will have to suffer three to seven years of the tribulation. Mm-hmm. And during that time they need to survive. Yeah. So I think originally they and the Christians the Christian church had suggested that you have three to seven years worth of supplies, but that has yeah. now come down to three months, which is a good <laughs> suggestion, I think. Yeah. Maybe not three months, but you should have you should have enough. Yeah. For look, a at least this- a month, maybe a few weeks to a month, just in case there is some kind of natural disaster.
1: Yeah, and I mean, a lot of this stuff is good advice uh, and it's not a bad idea to, you know, to say, for example, have a, a bag in your car with emergency stuff in it mm-hmm. if you need it, you know, like in case you have a car accident. Or, yeah. Exactly. And so even some water in case, you know, something goes wrong, you're stuck somewhere, you've got some, some water, although water doesn't necessarily keep forever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, there's costs associated with it. And particularly if you live in an area where you do have earthquakes, you know, like say, you know, LA or... Um, San Francisco, and it's not a bad idea to have some stuff ready in case, you know, something happens
0: That's right, but some people I think take it a little bit too far uh, A little bit <laughs> People spend a lot of money on underground bunkers and shelters Yeah Um. In the film, in 10 Cloverfield Lane Howard's bunker is about 40 feet long, it's underground mm-hmm. and it stores about 3 years worth of food and water
1: Mm-hmm it's pretty impressive.
0: It is. And honestly, it's a pretty big bunker. Yeah. From ones that I've been looking at that you can buy. I mean, some of them you can buy a tube with a couch and some bunk beds in it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's for 50, 60 grand. Yeah. This is huge, comparatively. On something like the Rising Bunkers website, that would cost him almost $200,000. And that is just for the bunker not for everything yeah. else that's in it
1: no you got to put it in the ground as well
0: mm-hmm. you have to put it in the ground he's got to run like run the generator he's got to get the generator he's got to store all yeah. of the food and water and all of the supplies i mean his is fully outfitted with you know proper beds and
1: yeah i mean he's a satellite technician mm-hmm. so he's probably probably does all right
0: yeah and so he's kind of know, devoted his life it. to this
1: so yeah, he doesn't really do anything else I, one thing I noticed on Rising Bunkers, there aren't any actual photos of anything. They're all little maps and 3D renders. That's so right. Well,
0: it's probably... Makes me a little
1: suspicious. It's,
0: it's probably built to um, your needs.
1: Yeah, but have if they built one?
0: somebody <laughs> buys it.
1: Yeah. Have they ever built one? I don't know. Question,
0: well, I mean, it seems like a lot of people do have them.
1: Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, especially from... The, there are a lot of older ones, too, from like the 50s and stuff. Mm-hmm. from From the Cold War. Yeah, I know. think
0: a lot of this... There was a big interest in preparedness during the Cold War.
1: So, and people have um, found them in their backyards, for example, sometimes still with supplies and things in there. Uh, And these are generally small and flooded. (laughs) So, I don't, it's it's probably for the best that people didn't have to try and survive in them.
0: I love this one story that you found that somebody moved into a house Mm -hmm. and had been living there for years before they decided to check out the bunker in their backyard, which they knew existed. When yeah, they I bought the house. That would have been the first thing I did.
1: I know. That, I found that detail really strange. They're like, oh, yeah, we knew that was there. We just didn't bother to look inside. And when they did, it was uh, it was flooded, like I said. And yep. But there were a bunch of old ammo cases and things, military stuff. And inside, the contents were, were safe because it was- uh, They were all airtight. High co- yeah, it was really high quality. And there's a whole bunch of stuff, from, food and, and, and things from like the 50s, preserved.
0: Mm. It was like a blast from the past.
1: <laughs> exactly. But yeah, you're right. I would The first thing, I, I would have been like, bomb shelter in the backyard? Yeah. All right. Well, re, we're refurbishing that then.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> That's my new office.
0: Or like, we're just playing in there. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see it.
1: Yeah, I definitely wouldn't just ignore it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, I mentioned the film Blast from the Past because mm. there is a man, or there was a man who died in the 80s, but there was a man in Las Vegas who had that house.
1: Yeah, and right. I don't know if
0: you saw that film, Blast from the Past, the one with um, Brendan Fraser. Uh,
1: I know of it. I don't think I've oh, seen all man. of it. And it's got Christopher, Christopher Walken, Walken in it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, under his house is another house. And it has a yard with a pool and a hot tub. And the walls are painted like an outdoor scene. Not very well, yeah. I have to say. <laughs> um, there's AstroTurf down. Yeah. And it's it's got simulated night and day. And it looks yeah. like from the outside, from the, the fake yard, it looks like a house. And it's, so, it's all 70s decorated. Oh, it's like my hell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you'll have to look at the photos, I think, to fully appreciate this. But it's it's like he's got a house above ground. And then you go underground into a cave where he's got a fake outside where it's all painted and lit up to look like it's outside. And then there's another house in there.
0: It is pretty like, incredible.
1: Like in a cave. It's is I don't know. That's the best way I can think mm. to describe it.
0: Oh, I mean, it's, I wouldn't even say cave because it doesn't look like a cave. It just looks like a fake outdoor setting.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm Just because it, just it's underground, I feel like, <laughs> I'm like how, how do I best describe that? Like, with, it, look at the pictures.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: You'll see. It's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, he built this because of the Cold War. He thought yeah. he might need it.
1: <laughs> Didn't come up. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're super rich, um, there's uh, the ultimate doomsday bunker in Germany.
0: This was actually, this was used as tunnels during the Cold War. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's now converted into luxury apartments.
0: I would live here anyway. (laughs) Yeah. These are incredible.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: This is like, I don't know, this is like just a billionaire's apartment. So each person- It's like a
1: resort. and It's a resort put underground because it's also got fake outside areas as well
0: yeah yeah look these fake like outdoor areas look a lot more realistic than the um, <laughs> the las vegas house this is yeah. yeah this is a huge resort everybody gets their own apartment i mean they've paid like millions a billion
1: dollars i think yeah to make this
0: the article that i found at the time it was written um nobody owned any yet <laughs> um but they are mm-hmm. probably worth millions
1: oh definitely yeah
0: I think, I mean, look at this I mean even if thing. this wasn't a bunker, these things would be worth millions. Do
1: you know what I was thinking, though? There's a picture, if you look, listeners, check out the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, It shows you a bedroom, right, where the wall is a fish tank?
0: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Right. You, but then I was thinking, if something goes wrong and the world ends, yeah. who's going to clean that fish tank? That I, gonna... I
0: question that, too, but then I wondered <laughs> if that was kind of like an aquarium. Can you just get to it from the inside? Yeah, like, I was thinking, man...
1: That thing's going to end up looking scummy as hell. No, it
0: must be part of it because they do have a lot of, they have areas for a zoo, kind of. Um, so it's like a Noah's Ark.
1: <laughs> right, they can bring under it. a mountain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Inside the funniest, an old bunker. Uh, like all yeah. these old tunnels.
1: It's in uh, this little German village. Like to look at the village. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even know. You, no, you'd never guess. It's, it's all just, built and into the, outside, the mountains. Even the outside where you go into this place looks like crap. It's, yeah, Fascinating
0: it's a shame that this was built and it won't be staffed unless <laughs> there is some kind of doomsday thing. Yeah. If somebody buys one of these, that's millions. And then they're just kind of hoping like, <laughs> hope something bad happens so I can go stay in my luxury <laughs> apartment. Yeah. But then it's, I guess- it's like
1: the, like pet insurance for the rapture that, that people sell. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's like, you want to spend all that money just in
0: case. That was a great business model.
1: Yeah. I like how they said, too, they've got, it's got a private train line that goes to it, and they've also got helicopters and stuff arranged so that mm-hmm. people who own apartments there, if something goes wrong, they can rush to nearby airports, and then someone will come and pick them up yeah. and bring them here. I'm like, fuck, you want to hope whatever it is takes its time. Because <laughs> like, where are you in the world? Yeah, that you have to you fly to in,
0: Germany. And- <laughs> this
1: little German town and get picked up by a helicopter. Mm-hmm. it would want to be a slow apocalypse.
0: Well, there's another one in Kansas, if you'd prefer that. <laughs> um, the Atlas Missile Silo.
1: Oh yeah, I've, I think I've seen a little documentary about that one actually.
0: Yeah, well, people actually do own some of these. Mm. So it is—it's a silo, and it's built underground, and you can buy a, like, you can buy two levels, um, a single, like, an entire level or a half-level apartment, mm-hmm. starting at one point five million dollars.
1: I'll get my wallet. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Look, it's not as nice. I mean, it's still it's a, it's a nice apartment. It's not as mm. nice as the um. The well, look, Vivos. I mean, there are apartments
1: in Sydney that cost that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's right. You probably don't get as good of a view.
1: No, it's a dirt.
0: <laughs> but it's got its own um, rock climbing wall, theater, dog walking park,
1: luxury. Got everything.
0: <laughs> so you can yep. take your pets.
1: I think unless I can get into one of those places, I don't want to survive the nuclear <laughs> fallout. If I get to get stuck, no offense. Well if I have it to be depends. Stuck like in if a it's little tiny weeks, tube. Fine. <laughs> yeah, but if it's nuclear, right? Yeah. We're I not know. going outside. We have to live in a little tube. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Fun. Why bother?
0: <laughs> well, I guess start saving up.
1: Oh <laughs> start putting those pennies away.
0: You can put your seeds away too. <laughs>
1: Ugh. Oh, right. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, like crop seeds. Gotcha. The Svalbard Svalbard? Svalbard. Svalbard. The Svalbard Global Seed Vault houses mm. over eight hundred and sixty thousand seeds from all over the mm. world, just in case any crops die during the apocalypse.
1: Yeah, or if, I think if if a plant gets wiped out, even mm. they're kind of keeping them there so that that they can be reintroduced. There, it's it's built into a mountain uh, underneath the snow uh, on a remote island uh, off the coast of Norway. Um, between there and the North Pole, uh, built into a, this mountain you know, under like a glacier or something. Yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's pretty cool. It's freaking
1: cool. <laughs> this is kind of my favorite, even though it's less luxurious, just because the location is so great.
0: I know. Everything about like, it is great. They just keep seeds. Yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's like it an, makes so much sense.
1: It's like an evil villain's lair.
0: I even like the way it looks. All you can see is a little concrete kind of entryway. Yeah. But it's kind of pretty.
1: Yeah. That's what I mean. It's, it's cool. It looks, like, uh, it looks like a place that would survive the end of the world kind of thing.
0: You just can't live there because it is very, very cold.
1: <laughs> That's they have right. to keep
0: the seeds at very cold temperature.
1: Yeah, minus 18 degrees <laughs> temperature required. They've got 864,309 samples in the vault. That's currently on the website. It has the capacity to, so- to store 4.5 million varieties of crops. Pretty I mean seeds aren't that big So I guess maybe that's not as impressive as it sounds You can do an interactive tour of it on their website If you so desire Check it out
0: So listeners, we would like to know What you do in a doomsday emergency
1: Yeah, if everything fell apart And you had to try and survive What, what are your plans? Everybody's, you know, gotta have a plan If you want some inspiration OzSurvivalist.com lists uh, What they believe to be the likelihood Of various things going wrong uh, And they update it every day or so, I think you know, based. So, what
0: is the most likely thing to happen to us at the moment?
1: Economic collapse ah, seems most likely.
0: Yeah, that does seem likely with recent events.
1: Yeah, exactly. Coming up next is climate change. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, natural pandemic is is next. That's sixty percent likelihood. I don't know what. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what they're basing this on. Economic collapse collapses at eighty-seven <laughs> percent. Climate change seventy percent. Natural <laughs> pandemic sixty percent. World War Three is at 55%. Okay. So I think we maybe need to be more worried about that than we thought. And this is
0: out of 100%, is it?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I guess so.
0: <laughs> it's that likely to happen.
1: Yeah. The stra- Something strange, though, I think uh, natural disasters, 45%. So they think for you as an individual, it's 10% more likely that you'll be killed in World War Three than it is that you'll be killed by a natural disaster. I question that yeah, logic.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Uh, WMD event, Weapons of Mass Destruction event, is at 5%. So that's very low. Um, And Asteroid Impact, 0.5%. And then they've got Zombie Apocalypse at 40%. So I question 40%?
0: Yeah, 40%. All right. Listeners, maybe find a different website. (laughs)
1: Look, I didn't vouch for it. I just said you can look.
0: (laughs) But you know what to be scared of.
1: (laughs) But yes, if any one of those things happened, what's your plan? What are you going to do? Write in, let us know. Necronominom at multiplenerdgasm.com.
0: You can find us at multiplenerdgasm.com or necronominom.com or at multiple on Facebook, mnerdgasm on Twitter, or multiple nerdgasm on Instagram.
1: If you like what we're doing and you want to support our podcasts, you can head over to patreon.com slash multiplenerdgasm to become a patron. Or if you just want to head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate it because that's incredibly helpful.
0: And you should do it now before the internet goes.
1: That's right. Otherwise, an EMP is going to make your message undeliverable.